careful now. Boing. So cool to be playing vinyl. Vinyl. Took the record off the turntable. You ready for this? Welcome to Behind the Vinyl. Here's your host, Stu Jeffries. Welcome to another opportunity to know more about how your favorite song went from a simple idea to a life transformation. In a few minutes, Lisa Loeb swings by with the great story of how a phone call from an acquaintance, Ethan Hawke, landed her the gig of a lifetime. Um, we used to all run around together and I used to write music for Ethan's theater company and Ethan would come see me play. Um, he asked me for a copy of my song, Stay, and I just recorded it. More with Lisa shortly, but first, Jay Semko and Don Schmidt of the Northern Pikes shed some light on their song, Girl with a Problem. Well, records are, records are I've sort of re, rediscovered records lately. But I was good. I could, not that I'd do it now, but I could get a song right on with the needle. It was a... Yeah, that was a... Yeah. Garth, Garth Hudson with the old organ there. Yeah, Garth Hudson from the band um, played the organ on this song, the solo and throw. Crystal Talley Farrell, who uh, is out with Billy Joel now, uh, did the backup vocals. It was great having her in the studio. I remember filming her with our video camera with just her headphones on singing the song. It was like a cool moment to just hear someone that talented that could come in and bang it off like a couple of takes. Didn't take her long. You know what I remember? She had so much jewelry and stuff on. Yeah. And she was jingly jangling around. Yeah. And I remember Rick, one of our producers, Rick Hutt, Rick and Fraser, Rick Hutt Fraser Hill produced it. And they, uh, and she'd be jingle jangling around. There was time for the take. And no, uh, no jingle jangle. Remember that? Yeah. It's just like she's just nailed it. Yeah. No, she's pro for sure. Recorded at Bearsville Studio in Woodstock, New York. Technically Bearsville, New York, outside of Woodstock. Uh, you know, we did so many demo versions of this song, as I recall. There were like yeah. three or four different versions, and then we kind of came up with this one, which was sort of decided hit him with a chorus right off the top. Yeah. I think we knew it had single potential. That's why I think we spent so much time trying to figure out the right arrangement. And you usually come back to where you start, usually. I mean, it's a thing. Because we tried some quieter intros. The first demo I remember was had kind of like a Mexican yeah. kind of thing going on in there. Yeah. With the descending guitar line sort of saved those verses, as I remember. And Brian kind of came up with that sort of during one of our, our demo things here, and it sort of... The video was lots of fun. It was very hot, filmed in Toronto, and uh, we had Crystal and Garth come in and, and play with us on stage for the video, which was really cool because um, at that point in our career we hadn't had keyboard players. Yeah, no, this, this is an expansion yeah. album. Yeah. And there's, there's Garth as the solo. B3, Hammond B3. Mad scientist, Garth. Yeah. He was great. He was just so, so great. Well, another thing about Garth is a different song, but Kiss Me Fool, speaking of the jewelry, Garth, remember he'd hum to the song? We had to put a motorcycle, full motorcycle helmet on him while he played accordion in Kiss Me Fool because he just, <laughs> he just was like humming and it's like, you can't do that, Garth. But he was great though. He would, we would have supper at the studio, remember? We'd all get together and have a big table. It was like the last supper every night. It was a big recording budget back in those days. <laughs> and Garth was great. He would just, stories would come out of him, and then I think he kind of like fell asleep at the table. Jokingly, I think. Yeah. You know what I, you know what I like with our final version of this is that it really spread out the vocals. 
because mm-hmm. it kind of made the chorus. It's basically, it's like Merle, Brian, and Crystal in the chorus. And I'm kind of the guy singing the, singing the verses. It's funny, you know what, I bet you tonight people will sing that answer of Away You Go. Mm. Yeah, always did well in the live show, the song. I try to help her out, she won't listen to me. She's a girl with a problem. It's an odd arrangement, isn't it? Like you start with it, this is what we started with, mm-hmm. bookends, you, you yeah. start, and it's the only time you hear it, it's the very beginning, mm-hmm. Rianne. Yeah. Not many songs start with the chorus. You know, so I just love that riff. That was like... That's Brian, Brian's riff with the... Whatever that sound is. Yeah. Uh, that might have been the Strat through the Vox amp or something. You're listening to Behind the Vinyl, the podcast. I'm your host, Stu Jeffries. Thanks for listening. If the song is on vinyl and you've got success with it and can swing by our studios, we'd love to hear how it came to be. This was the case for our next guest, Fred Penner. What you may not know about Fred is he's an amazing guitar player, along with being a naturally born storyteller. Here, Fred explains how he transformed an old folk song into an earworm from our childhood. Oh, yeah, there it is. Now old Mr. Johnson had troubles. I haven't listened to this song on vinyl for uh, a number of years. It, uh, in 1978, approximately, my brother, my younger brother, and my cousin David, we were, we were sitting in my living room and uh, flipping through an old folk song encyclopedia by Jerry Silverman, who was an iconic gatherer of songs. And we're flipping through and just, just playing whatever tune came up. And uh, turned the page, and it was like the, the, the crackles of life suddenly happened because there it said, the cat came back. Written in 1892 by Harry S. Smith. And it was part of the, and I did, did my research on the, on the album. Anyway, it was a beautiful chord progression, E minor, D, C, B7, circular pattern. It was so easy to jam to. It was instantly my favorite song. And, uh, and then about... You know, those kids. Kids from, print, uh, from uh, Montrose School were the, were the kids in the background on this thing. Here, hearing their little their little voices <laughs> giving me the meows. It was it was very very cool. We recorded it in Winnipeg, at Wayne Fanukin Studios. Any Winnipegers listening to this might remember that on Sargent Street. Um, fabulous studio. It's still running. It's now called Channels, but that's a total tangent from it. But the cat came back. Was uh, was such an iconic tune. It, it it was part of the Chautauquas and the early revivals in the northeastern United States. Contrary to popular belief, I did not write the song. I've adapted it, written all the verses that I do now in performance are original. But the song came from uh, from this beautiful time of of life just before the 20th century began, and uh, and and it was it was all about that magical thing. The the side of a caravan would flop down. The the singers would come out and they would bring in the audience with this story about the, this cat happen, happening and, and would no matter what went on. It was like a big cartoon, really. It was like Wiley Coyote and, and, and a Roadrunner going through these ridiculous things. Um, and of course, the National Film Board, we had connection way back then, and they, they picked it up, and uh, we started doing a, a 
a storyboard with Cordell Barker. I'm giving you a lot of background on this song here with Cordell Barker, who's the illustrator, or the animator for the series. We developed it for a bit, and, uh, and uh, National Film Board in Montreal didn't like the first version we did, so it went, he went back to the drawing board and I was off touring, and, and so that, that turned into uh, the Cat Came Back that uh, many of you are familiar with. But that's where the song began. I found the song, I brought it to the table, and it went from there. It's uh, it then and now will always be my absolute favorite song. It's great to perform. I, I love the tune, and uh, it's 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 carried me for uh, for a long time. The number one request. The cat came back. That's Fred Penner with the cat came back. Good luck getting that one out of your head. This is behind the vinyl, the podcast. I'm your host Stu Jeffries with Lisa Loeb. And her version of how Who You Know was a real game changer for an office temp trying to get a break. It's my song Stay. I'm Lisa Loeb, and that's my song Stay. It was originally called Stay, but then we had to change the title to Stay, I Missed You, in parentheses, because there are so many other songs called Stay. I wrote the song um, in New York City when I moved there in the early 90s, and I used to play it out at all the clubs, CBGB's, CB's Gallery, The Bitter End, Lone Star Roadhouse. I had such a wonderful following of an audience because I had gone to Brown University and a lot of the students came to New York City too after we all graduated, we moved to New York and I used to play with my band Nine Stories and my friend Elizabeth Mitchell and um, eventually Liz and I went our own separate ways but Stay was one of the first songs I played that I wrote and I would sing it by myself. without my singing partner, so it was a big deal, and people really seemed to respond to it. Uh, At a certain point, Ethan Hawke, who I met through a college friend, another actor, um, we used to all run around together, and I used to write music for Ethan's theater company, and Ethan would come see me play. Um, He asked me for a copy of my song, Stay, and I just recorded it because there were some record companies that were interested, so I had made a a band recording um, in this apartment on on 52nd Street, West 52nd Street between 9th and 10th. Um, I recorded it with my friend Juan Patino, a producer. And um, so we had recorded the song and we had a cassette tape of it. I gave it to Ethan and Ethan Hawk passed it along to Ben Stiller. And Ben, the executives at RCA Records and all the other people involved um, in putting the songs into the movie decided to put the song Stay into the movie and also onto the soundtrack. And it was a big deal. I quit my temp job as a secretary and um, it was like the first big thing that happened even though things had been happening for my music career this was a big thing eventually a radio station um, after this after the record came out and the movie came out a radio station in Houston started playing it on the radio um, right around now right around May of 1994 the song ended up going to number one on the charts without me being signed to an actual record deal and um, it went to number one. Ethan Hawke made an awesome one-take video, which was very unusual in those days from music videos. And people just really connected to the song, and it was a really big deal for me, and I'm very exciting. And I still play the song today, all of my concerts. Um, and people sing the song to me, and they send me videos of themselves singing it. And although it's nostalgic, I think, for me and for a lot of fans, it's also very current. People really seem to to feel the meaning of it still today. It resonates with them and it it brings back so many memories for me, but it also means a lot to me in the present. Um, It's always been a really special song to me and it's taken me all over the world. 
That's it for another episode of BTV. I'm Stu Jeffries, thanking you for spending a few minutes with us on something we all love, music. we got a few of those episodes in the can, and we'd love it if you spend a few more minutes with us hearing them. Thanks again. See you next time. This has been Behind the Vinyl, the podcast. Hosted by Stu Jeffries. Audio production courtesy of Doug Morehouse, Dan McIntosh, and Troy McCallum. Thanks for listening.